You're listening to the Free to Be Mindful podcast, which invites you along on a journey to learn of mindful living, grow in mental health, and inspire through personal growth. In a world where we can often feel much stress and overwhelm, this podcast provides bite-sized tips and real talk conversations, empowering you to embrace mindfulness and nurture your full potential. I'm your host, Vanessa de Jesus Guzman, educator, licensed professional counselor, entrepreneur, and mom. I'm passionate about helping others live life with peace of mind and ease of heart without losing their, well, you know, here we go. Hello and welcome to episode 177 of the Free to Be Mindful podcast. I hope that you're feeling good, looking good, and doing better in this world than you were yesterday. So, you know, I realize that I start many sentences with, as a former educator and licensed therapist, (laughs) and that is for two reasons. The first is it gives you context of just where I'm coming from. And the second is that throughout my years of working with kids in various capacities, first as a teacher, then as a school counselor, and now as a licensed therapist, I just get to know them in so many different ways. And sometimes when I talk about kids, some people ask me, how do you do it? Which is the same question that I ask when I encounter someone who works with elderly folk. It just doesn't come naturally to me and I don't have an interest in it. So I always wonder how others manage it. But with kids, specifically ages seven and up, and even more specifically with middle school kids, It's just a no-brainer for me. I don't have to think too hard. It just comes. It's natural for me. So with all that being said, here I go. As a former educator and licensed therapist, (laughs) I absolutely love the Pixar movie Inside Out. In early November this year, my family and I went to Disneyland and they had the cutest Inside Out rides. I got to see joy and sadness and even took selfies with them. So be on the lookout for those pictures on my social media channels this week. And I'm super duper excited for the part two that's coming out in June 2024. And I love the movie because I reference it often in sessions because with kids and adults alike, we can all relate to experiencing various feelings and sometimes to having our islands shut down. And when it comes to our feelings, are you ready for this? (laughs) Brace yourself. There are actually 34,000 emotions that humans can experience, 34. 4,000 emotions. But despite this extremely high number, I don't even think I can name that many emotions. Despite this, a study conducted by Glasgow University found that all human behavior can actually be reduced to just four core emotions. And those four core are fear, anger, sadness, and happiness. And those just happen to be the main characters in the movie Inside Out fear, anger, sadness, and joy, along with green disgust. And often in the therapy room, I do use the wheel of emotions. I invite you to Google that as you're listening to this or as you're viewing this on YouTube. It's a circle with three different layers, and the innermost circle gives the core emotions of joyful, anger, sad, scared, and disgust 
along with surprised. And there are variations of it as it sometimes includes calm or sometimes it includes powerful in the middle as well. But then in the second and third outermost layers, it then gives basically synonyms of these core few feelings. And it's super helpful in helping people understanding what is it that we're feeling and where is it coming from? Again, I mentioned what is it that we're feeling and where is it coming from? And this is just as helpful for adults as it is for kids, because the reality is, and you know that you know, navigating emotions can be complicated. And when we feel things, we can feel them deeply. And sometimes we can even experience them in such an intense way that we can either shut down, that's the shutting down of the islands part, or we experience things as if they're happening for the very first time. And knowing that, it makes sense why things or actions can make us react, think, or feel a certain way, whether it's a positive or negative situation. It also makes sense thinking of last week's episode of why sometimes people choose to outwardly and sometimes irresponsibly react as opposed to consciously and intentionally responding. But obviously, our emotions are just so complex and we feel them in very complex ways as well. And with the holidays approaching, my friends, it can be a time filled with joy, but it can also be a time where people experience a lot of difficult feelings, whether it's dealing with loss, grief, pain, difficulty in transitions and in life transitions. And maybe it's just bumps on the road and our journeys called life and it's regular things, but sometimes it can really be life altering things that happen. And in these tough times, it sometimes extends beyond our personal lives, right? When someone we care about is going through a tough time or with everything that's happening in the world right now, there truly is pain to be felt. So last week, again, we focused on the what to do, especially during the holidays, but also in general as well. This week, we're focusing on having awareness, having that awareness of where we experience our emotions physically, and then how we experience them, what may they be rooted in, and then how do we balance or manage them? That is our focus for this week. And that is so important to grasp, to comprehend, to really understand, because understanding our emotional spectrum is key to knowing how to balance emotions, whether they're feelings of happiness or of sadness. And so I'm sure this happens to you because it happens to me all the time where I may be having a good day and then something happens and I may not even really notice what's happening or oftentimes I do, but I keep pushing, right? And even though I keep pushing and keep moving because there's just things to get done, sometimes I don't notice that it shifted my mindset and or my energy from positive to negative. I don't like saying that feelings are negative, but you feel that shift when you are in a good mood and then all of a sudden you feel a little bit more sour and not in a great mood. And I definitely notice this more so when I think that someone was one, acting like a jerk and they were wrong. And two, when I just feel like I had the right of way and somebody just had no consideration. 
So what happens is you go through your whole day all grouchy, right? But you keep pushing through. And, you know, for my case, I keep seeing clients. I don't show that on my face. For you, you keep pushing through. Your mood may be a little bit off, but you don't vent about it until what happens. Who is it that bears the brunt of it? Typically, it's your household. It's the people who love you the most. It's the people who finally get to hear you after you've been holding this in all day. And then at home, you let it go, whether you vent about it outwardly or whether you're just more grouchy with them because you know that they're going to love you anyway. But it's really unfair to do that, especially on our loved ones. And I do want to make it clear, by the way, that truly there is no right or wrong way to feel anything. But again, we do know that when we react versus respond, there can be numerous outcomes slash consequences, and that can really eat us up or sometimes bite us in the butt or sometimes impact people who we really care for. And the aspect of there is no right or wrong way to feel anything can sometimes be a really hard concept for many of us to embrace. Because I know that even in my own family, as a kid, I would hear the Spanish variations or versions of statements like, it is what it is. Why are you crying? That's not something to cry about. Keep crying and I'll give you something to cry about. Stop overreacting. You're making a big deal out of nothing. Ugh. The comment that makes me personally cringe the most is when boys are told, stop acting or stop crying like a little girl. And that drives me nuts because boys are allowed to feel their stuff too. And if more men knew how to feel their feelings, if they were taught as boys that they could feel their feelings and express their feelings appropriately, instead of maybe shutting down or instead of turning to anger, just imagine how positive that would impact families, relationships, and even boardrooms. But that's a topic we'll delve into more on another day. So when we hear the types of comments that I just went through, or when we ourselves say these comments to our kids, I got to be honest, I've been guilty here and there of doing so myself. Our intentions may be to toughen them up, but then the underlying message that we're in turn giving is you're not allowed to feel your feelings. And the person on the receiving end then feels invalidated, which may give way to not being able to handle situations appropriately in the future because they don't let themselves truly feel their feels. And the reality of it all is that feelings are not a weakness. Even if we may feel weak in the process, feeling our feelings are not a weakness. We want to come out strong in battles, especially when we're going through hard things. But the first step is having that awareness of our feelings and then accepting our feelings. So with that awareness comes understanding of where we feel the different feelings in our bodies. And when we come to fully get that, understand that 100%, then we get more in tune with our bodies and we know what is happening, especially when we are triggered by something. And this is important because the brain plays tricks on us. So for example... I do a lot of public speaking. So speaking to large crowds doesn't really phase my conscious self. However, even though my brain doesn't feel nervous, 
my body gets nervous. So my heart rate does speed up a little bit. I do start to sweat. Again, even if my brain feels comfortable, my body reacts this way. And a little TMI, but keeping it real, I always have to use the restroom more than usual because again, the nerves are there even though my brain is not registering them. Similarly so, when I get angry, if I'm not at home, an outsider may never see any outward signs of anger because I know how to, as my brothers tell me, fix my face. But I know that when I'm angry, I clench my jaw and I actually get this tingling sensation in the middle of my palms. So my body language may seem like it says calm, cool, and collected, but my body really does keep the score, so to speak. So many of us are taught to suppress this emotional pain or to move past things and not truly address the baggage that we may carry. But when we do this, it becomes too heavy and it can lead to avoidance, to unhealthy defense mechanisms, or even being unable to realize when the weight is too much. And then we don't realize it until we reach a breaking point. And that's the part that we all want to avoid. So when we're aware of what's happening in our bodies, we then want to acknowledge our emotions and even accept our emotions, accept the why. So we can often ask ourselves these important questions, which I'm about to tell you, and these answers can then help us navigate and further understand our emotions. So questions you may want to ask yourself include, what triggered my emotions? Is this feeling a result of the current situation? Or does it connect to a past experience or something deeper? Have I ever felt this way before? How did I handle it then? What specific thoughts are running through my mind right now? Are my expectations realistic in this situation? We talked a little bit about that in last week's episode. Am I reacting emotionally or responding thoughtfully? What are the facts of the situation? And how can I separate the facts from my emotional response? Is there a pattern to my emotional reactions in similar situations? How would someone that I respect and admire react or respond in this situation? What do I need right now to take care of myself? Sometimes we forget that. Am I blaming someone else for my emotions? Or is there something that I can take responsibility for? That's an important one. Are there alternate ways to interpret the situation? Or what's another perspective where I can view the situation? What can I learn from this experience? Is there a solution or action I can take to improve the situation moving forward? Am I being too hard on myself or on others? Is there a bigger picture that I'm losing sight of? What values of mine might be at play in this situation? Can I find gratitude or something positive in the midst of this difficulty? How might I communicate my feelings and needs effectively to others? And finally, am I taking care of my physical needs like sleep or nutrition that might be affecting my emotions? And that last question is typically one that gets people because you may ask yourself, I'm thinking about addressing these intense emotions. Why is it that I have to think about my physiological needs like hunger and like sleep? And my friends, 
It's truly all connected. It's connected to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which we'll go into more in depth on another day, but I'll give you a quick, quick rundown of it. It looks like a triangle. And for my generation of folks, think of the food pyramid, which I think no longer is in existence, but you know, a triangle. And basically, before we can think of the things on top of the pyramid, like living life intentionally, having self-confidence and self-worth, finding love, experiencing financial stability, before we can think of any of that, we must first have that good foundation of having good rest, having food in our bellies, and a roof over our heads. It makes sense, right? So we know that our physiological needs can divert our emotions, which is exactly why the word hangry is now a word. (laughs) Because when we don't eat, it impacts the way that we show up. So by seeing the root cause of our emotions, we understand the importance of emotional well-being. And then we are able to pave the way for happier and healthier lifestyles and habits because we don't need to fake it till we make it. That's that phrase gets to me. Instead, we realize that healing starts with recognizing the signs and then taking action based on it. So to recap, we must first know where we physically feel our things in our bodies. That's having that awareness physically. And then the awareness emotionally when we understand and where we can name our feelings and acknowledge them and explore where it is that they're coming from. And it's only once we do those things that we can even consider what we can do to balance and manage these feelings. And this reminds me of the end of the movie Inside Out, where the core memories come out in a mixture of colors. Because sometimes things can seem a little bit complicated. Our human emotions are really complex. And it's not uncommon for multiple feelings to coexist. So for example, joy and sadness. You may feel happy at a friend's success, but then a little upset because you're going through a challenging time yourself. Love and frustration. You may love your family deeply, but you can feel frustrated by certain aspects of relationships in your life. Excitement and anxiety. Starting a new job or project can bring upon a lot of excitement, but it can also trigger worried thoughts about things unknown. Gratitude and guilt. You may feel grateful for an opportunity while also feeling guilty about someone else missing out. Pride and regret. You feel proud of achieving a personal goal, but maybe regret of not having pursued it earlier. Contentment and longing. You feel content with your current situation, but you're still longing and working towards something that you don't have yet. Confidence and doubt. You may feel confident in your abilities, but doubt yourself whether you'll meet certain expectations. And relief and disappointment. You may feel relieved after completing a project, but then disappointed in the outcome. And when you experience such a range of emotions, does that mean that there's something wrong with you or that you're losing it? Definitely not. Understanding that emotions are multifaceted and that they can coexist helps in navigating and processing complex situations and feelings. It's a normal part of the human experience to have a range of emotions simultaneously. And especially as we're experiencing this holiday season, Know that it's truly okay, by the way, to not always be okay. 
Maybe times are rough because of obstacles related to your past, present, or even your future. Or sometimes things, people, situations can just be triggering. So know that when you're feeling sad, upset, overwhelmed, give yourself time to process and then to heal and work through. And remember, if you don't remember anything out of this episode, tune into this. Remember that just as our breath comes and goes, our emotions always come and go. The range of human emotions are expansive, they're diverse, and it testifies a lot to the depth of the human race themselves, right? And understanding and making space for these emotions is necessary as it is part of just our overall mental well-being. So my friends, we know our emotions are complex because life is complex and we are complex beings. We all have stories. We all have stories of hardship, of growth, of passion, of challenges, joy. We all have good days. We all have bad days. We all have moments that we're grateful for. And maybe we all have moments that still hurt. But it does come down to balance, balanced routines, balancing the time and energy that we give things and the time and energy that we give ourselves, balancing our happiness and our sadness and communicating how we feel in all situations. When we're compassionate, patient, mindful, and honest and vulnerable in our own journeys with ourselves and with others, we can then grow into the best version of ourselves and create healthy spaces for all those around us. I now invite you to join me on the short guided meditation. So right now, regardless of where you are or what you're doing, reflect a moment on where this message landed for you and go through those three steps once again. Awareness. Awareness of where you feel intense feelings in your body and what those intense feelings are. Think about a tough situation and try to reflect upon where these intense feelings come from. Is it really what's happening right now? Or is it rooted in the past? Is it rooted in false expectations? Is it rooted in someone else's reality? Once you acknowledge what it is that you're feeling, you can then choose to still carry it with you and make it a part of your story, or you can choose to learn and grow from it and let go so that you can walk through life a little bit lighter, a little bit freer, and more in control of constructed responses instead of haphazard reactions. Remember that you always have that choice. And remember, in a world where you are free to be anything that you want to be, you are always free to be mindful. Catch you next week.